0: I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thank you so much for listening. My guests today are Carrie and Kelly from the Workcation Podcast and website. Before we get to them, a few announcements to make. One is that you please visit the website, which is TravelTalesPodcast.com. There you can check out... All our podcasts, and you can listen to them there on the site, or you can click on our links to Stitcher Radio or iTunes. And if you're on iTunes, as always, I ask that you give us a good rating. That helps people find the show because it boosts our presence. That's cool. You can also see articles written by me and some articles uh, written by some of our guests. You can see links to all the social media. That is our social media, which is Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram, Travel Tales Pod on Twitter, Travel Tales Podcast on Facebook. Give us a like. Give us a follow. And you can also see links to all our guests' social media as well. If you want to write me, travel Tales Podcast at gmail.com. That's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. We're into May already. The year is flying by. We're coming up in the busy summer travel season. If you're heading out somewhere, please be safe, as always. My summer just got a whole lot busier. I booked uh, six more weeks back to Alaska, folks. Same towns I went to before, same uh, cruise line, going to be on Holland America, two different Holland America ships, first three weeks of June and the final three weeks of July. So if you happen to be on the Nordam, the Holland America Nordam or the Volendam, look for me in the big theater telling jokes. Okay, let's get to Carrie and Kelly. They have a website and podcast called Workcation. Inspiring people to take up the digital nomad lifestyle, which means you can work anywhere around the world. All you need is a Wi-Fi connection, and you're good to go. Helps to have some skills <laughs> and a business, which they do, and uh, they want to inspire other people to live this way. And in true digital fashion, keeping with the theme, we did a interview with Skype. We were in three different places; they were uh, separate places too. So. My first three way interview on Skype. I usually don't like to do Skype interviews. I always would rather talk to people face to face, but there you go. It's a new world. And since it's three different places and three different microphones, uh, I played a little bit with the levels. I tried to get it as good as I can, but you know, a lot of people say I shouldn't uh, put a disclaimer in front of this and just run the episode. And who cares? If the levels are a little off or sounds a little different, but I care. I'm a perfectionist that way. I just don't want to hear from longtime listeners going, hey, why does this episode sound so different than the others? Hey, that's because I'm telling you, that's why. It's all this technology. But without the new technology, A, the Workcation gals would not have a, a sight and uh, living this life, but I never would have gotten a chance to meet them. So yay, internet. Yay, technology. And yay, Workcation. Enjoy. <laughs> Perry and Kelly. Hi, guys. Thanks for having us on your, on your podcast. I uh, like to, you know, give back to fellow podcasters. And I know you guys are just, <laughs> you have a very new podcast. So tell people what your podcast is and describe it for us.
1: Sure. Kelly and I are part of the Workationing podcast, or I guess the two of us are the whole thing. <laughs> um, and we are traveling the world for 2017 we work as digital marketers and we're digital nomads and we are putting our lifestyle to the test by going around and living as intentionally as possible so at each destination we are accomplishing a personal goal a professional goal
2: and a bucket list item um
0: so what was the inspiration for this and and also tell me how you guys met
2: yeah so Carrie and I met Um, I think in 2010 in Pittsburgh, we were both working at the same startup, and we both moved on from there to other ventures, but we always kind of uh, kept track of each other. Sometimes you just have that friend that you just really click with, and I think that's definitely me and Carrie. For sure. Um, Yeah, so we met in Pittsburgh, and then a few years later, we found ourselves working together again. Carrie started an agency after – She started an agency in Pittsburgh called the Content Factory, and about, I think it's been almost two years ago now, Carrie asked if I'd like to come aboard, and Mm -hmm. I was looking for a job, and it was the perfect opportunity. So we began working together again, but what's great about the Content Factory is that Carrie set up the agency so that everyone could work remotely. So we have about 12 different team members in seven different states, and everyone works on their own time, sets their own schedule, and can work from anywhere as long as you've got a good, strong Wi-Fi connection. So Carrie and I started taking advantage of that by going on little workcations together. We did Mexico, the Dominican Republic, we've been to L.A., um, and I think that that's really where the idea was born, is we just started having so much fun doing that, that it seemed silly to not be doing it all the time, because we can.
0: (laughs) What is the kind of agency it is? I mean, is it PR, is it content, social networking? Yep,
1: a little bit of everything. So I started out as an SEO writer, and uh, that's What I founded my agency on um, was content writing um, with an SEO focus. And eventually that uh, brought in to include digital PR and social media marketing. And we represent several national and international brands as well as a bunch of tech companies. And we produce just a staggering amount of content every year.
0: (laughs) The staggering.
1: staggering Staggering amount of
0: content. And then if that wasn't (laughs) enough, you had to do uh, your own podcast.
1: Of course, of course. Well, Kelly and I get into some weird shit sometimes. (laughs) And so we thought it would be fun to record it.
0: Right. So this has only been going, I think, since February, correct?
1: Since January. So on January 1st, we boarded the plane for Aguada, Puerto Rico.
0: You picked Puerto Rico. Why? I mean, it's beautiful, but is it just because you wanted to get out of the cold for winter?
1: That was definitely part of it, yes. But, um... Also, there was a bucket list item that we were both really chasing, and that was to swim in a bio bay, in a bioluminescent bay. And there are seven bio bays in the world, and three of them are in Puerto Rico, and you can swim in one of them. So we went to the one where you could go swimming in.
0: And was it a, a, just like you thought it would be?
2: It was way better. Kelly, wouldn't you say that? <laughs> yeah, it was by far the coolest thing I've ever done. It was really fantastic.
0: So what is it's a kind of a plankton or something, right? In the water?
2: Yeah, it's a little um, unicellular organism that lights up when it gets disturbed in some way. And so there are places in the world where they can get sort of pushed into a bay. And then because of the natural features around there, they don't get pushed out as easily. So there's just a really high concentration of them all in one place. And so if you go at night, you can jump into the water and um, like your entire splash lights up. And if you pull your hand out of the water, it looks like there's just stars dripping off of you. It's just the trippiest, craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. I've actually Definitely seen it, bucket list worthy.
0: I've actually seen it a little bit one night here in Venice, California. We all were at, we were at a bar right by the beach, and somebody said, you won't believe what's happening outside. And it was just, yeah. We were watched the waves splash, and then the whitewash was, like, glowing. It was really weird, but it must be the same kind of thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's definitely the same concept. So it's, a, it's kind of a rare phenomenon, and there are some places where you can see it every night, and that was something. I'm really glad we chased that one. It, and like Carrie said, it actually ended up being even better than we thought it would be. We had about six people with us. We had some friends who came to meet up with us there, and I think it was kind of a... Um, we all loved it. It was fantastic.
0: Now, what part of Puerto Rico was this? Because I know, uh, well, there's a lot of people that go down there, but is it near a major city or do you have to go far out?
2: So we were down. There's three in Puerto Rico. Um, I actually wrote a whole guide to it on workationing.com if people are interested about sorry, the three different bays. What was
0: that website again?
2: Workationing.com. That's workationing.com.
0: Way to work that in there. Way to work it in. I like it.
2: Well, so we're hustlers.
0: I know. <laughs> content, content, baby. Content.
2: Right, right. So we were down in the um, southwest sort of quadrant of the island in an area called La Praguera, And um, that's the one that you can actually swim in. There's two others. So that was definitely the one that we wanted to go to. We were already on the western side of the island. We were in Aguada, Puerto Rico. We wanted to go to an area that was a little less touristy. And boy, did we get that. Uh, we were really we were really out there getting the local flavor
0: (laughs) how are your um spanish skills
2: we're working on it
0: (laughs) (laughs) we're all working on it
2: we just try so very hard
0: (laughs) are you no
1: bueno
2: is what we're getting at
0: (laughs) i mean at least passable i mean could you get by or
2: we got pretty functional in um in Colombia.
0: Okay. I, well, can,
2: I can go to a store, I can get a cab, um, I can more or less have a conversation if it's, if it's critical, mission critical things we yeah. can do. <laughs> Listen,
0: so how long were you in Puerto Rico? A month, all of January. All of January. And when you started uh, the site, was your plan to be a month in each place or is, can it go longer, can it go shorter?
1: We wanted to keep it flexible. Um, the mistake that we made with the first leg in Puerto Rico was we just booked it for a month because you get much better deals on Airbnbs if you book it for the whole month. And so we thought that a month was a a perfect amount of time to be in Aguada. Uh, but that put us traveling on a Tuesday and international travel on a Tuesday is, is not the best thing I've ever done. Um, very early morning flight, and it lasted all day. And so we decided not to make that same mistake in Medellin. And when we got there, our Airbnb and our building in the city was just so spectacular that within three days, we had booked for another uh, two and a half weeks, um, which we later regretted. You <laughs> know? But uh, but at the time, it sounded like a great idea, and we flew out uh, on a Saturday. And, um, so we're kind of flexible. We have some client events that, that we need to be in the U S for, we have, um, a gay pride parade that we have to live tweet from in Boston next month. And then, uh, we have to go to San Diego for a client meeting and another pride parade. And then we've got a conference in Las Vegas after that. So we have to bounce around, um, quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh in the near term, but then we're going to go to Europe and I think we're going to go back to the spending at least two, three weeks uh per spot.
0: So did you go direct from Puerto Rico to Colombia?
1: Yep. Hundred and seventy seven dollar flight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we know why you did the um Puerto Rico because you wanted to see this bioluminescent beach and all this other stuff, but why Colombia and why Medellin? And by the way, we all say it wrong, right? Medi- we all say Medellin in America, and it's wrong?
1: If you were a local from mm-hmm. Medellin, you would you would call it Medellin. If you're not from Medellin, you would probably pronounce it Medellin. Mm-hmm. But we, we live there long enough that I feel like we we <laughs> might as well be locals. So we're we say legit. Medellin. Yes. Right. <laughs> very legit. Right. Uh, very Colombian. Um, so why so there, how did we find... Your,
0: yeah, other than your uh, massive we, cocaine habit, why would you go... Right.
1: You know, Kelly and I were really lamenting the fact that we don't even do cocaine and, and that <laughs> could you have been a bucket list item. You're young. You're right. Still a lot of time. <laughs> oh, I did that in college and it wasn't my favorite, you know, spent the whole night just checking my pulse. And mm-hmm. so tapped out on that uh, early on. It was never really my bag, but I found it uh, on the digital nomad subreddit. And so many people were talking about how amazing Medellin is, and then I started looking up articles uh, about how Medellin is one of the best places for digital nomads. Chiang Mai is another one, yeah. but that's far out time zone wise yeah. um, because most of our clients and certainly all of my employees are based in the U.S. Yeah. So we I've want to a few to
0: stay- people based in Chiang Mai, some digital nomad people.
1: I've heard so many great things about it and I'd love to get out there at it's some beautiful. point. I, I, it's, it's just not feasible for me right now.
0: Right.
1: Um, so I, I found it on Reddit and then I just let my confirmation bias run wild with the Google searches that I <laughs> typed in after that. And I was greeted with a ton of, of articles about how great Medellin was and is and how it used to be very dangerous, but it isn't anymore. And um, you, nothing bad happened to me and Kelly. We're still alive. So there's that.
2: <laughs>
0: Give me the first big uh culture shock moment in Colombia.
2: Uh Okay, so here is one of my most horrifying slash also favorite stories from Medellin is we had been there for a few weeks and we started to realize that this place was not quite what we had, how not quite how it had been presented to us. Um, we were in this high rise building in the penthouse suite with a rooftop pool and we loved that it was fantastic except what we didn't realize is that if you are a sex tourist from the United States who wants to go to Medellin this building is totally where you're going to end up gotcha yes
1: (laughs) (laughs) no question it's this building and they're all in it (laughs) Ah.
2: so it was it was like 24 floors of sex tourists and then me and Carrie (laughs) (laughs) so that was a good time um, and so we started to realize that things were a little different in the city than we thought they were. But anyways, one night I was waiting outside this building for an Uber to come and pick me up. And Carrie was just getting back from dinner with, um, a friend of ours that we made there. His name is Santiago. It's not really his name, but he's afraid of getting kidnapped. So he goes by Santiago. Um, he's actually a good, a good old Southern boy from the U S uh-huh. So that gives you a concept of what we're dealing with. Uh, So we're waiting for them. And they get out of this. And as I'm waiting there for this Uber, I am watching all of these people drive up in cars that I have never even seen before. I'm not a huge car person, but I can recognize a Porsche if I see one. I don't know what these were. They were the fanciest cars I've ever seen. They were like comic book cars, they didn't even look real. Um, but I could tell they were very, very expensive, and the men who were getting out of them were very scary. So I'm sitting there feeling like I should maybe go inside, back up to my apartment. Whatever's happening here, I'm not really supposed to be a part of it, I'm sure. So, but right at this moment, I see Carrie and Santiago coming in their Uber through the gate. And now something that I love about Carrie is that she's a total girl's girl. She (laughs) loves women, gets along with everybody, and she's just a real blast all the time. So Carrie jumps out of the car, and before I can even give her an eye signal or anything (laughs) about what's going on here... Carrie sees this woman standing there, and this girl is it just admittedly probably the most beautiful woman I would ever seen in my life. And Carrie gets out of the car and just first things first goes, Sister, you look slamming." She's like, como se dice Slamming, And she's trying to talk to this girl. And this girl is not even making eye contact with her, really. So Carrie turns to what Carrie assumes is her boyfriend, but I could tell was actually kind of the scariest of all of these dudes who had been driving up because everyone seemed to be very deferential to him.
1: He looked like a reject from the Jersey Shore, by the way.
2: He did, but you learn that that's what cartel folks look like. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They all look like they're on the Jersey Shore. And so Carrie turns to this guy and is like this girl is a 10 do you know how hot she is and this guy just looks at her with like the most scorn and throws a cigarette on the ground and is like she's an eight to me and carrie loses it she's like an eight an eight she's a 42 (laughs) and at this point santiago is physically dragging carrie back into the building (laughs) because people start circling and looking very menacing because this is clearly not a man that you yell at. Mm -hmm. And so we drag Carrie back to the elevator. She has no idea why everyone is so upset. And we're explaining it to her as we're driving, as we're going up the elevator and Santiago is literally like collapsing on the floor. Like you Gringos are going to get me killed. Holy (laughs) shit. Like, and, and what, what we realized is that like a situation that would not be at all threatening at home it could have been something really, really bad could have come out of that. And so it was kind of a funny situation, but it was also probably the most scared I've ever been in my life just because I realized that Carrie didn't know what she was looking at because she was just coming into the middle of it. And there was really no way to know how that was going to turn out. So Luckily, just, no one died.
0: Yeah, thank God. Well, it's just in these four months, how have you changed as travelers, especially as women traveling around the world? I mean, it's a little tougher situation. It can be.
1: I have a newfound respect for good old-fashioned American feminism. Um, I didn't realize how bad women really have it around the world, and and Medellin was an up close and personal look at that for me. Um, the The worst part for me was when I was coming back from a Starbucks run, and there was a it was clearly a, a prostitute. <clears throat> And she looked a lot like my niece. And my niece is like 13. And this girl looked at me and, you know, she's tall and has long hair, but she had a tattoo running up her arm. And when she looked at me and smiled, I could see that she had braces. And then later she was up at the pool with the guy who, who you know, has a different prostitute every day. And it made me really sad, and it was very frustrating to understand that there was nothing that I could do about it. Um, I believe the age of consent out there is 14, but I, I started researching this more, and what I found out, it, there are lots of news reports of how the cartels will go into the barrios, into the, the ghettos, Um, around Medellin and Bogota and other places in Colombia and they'll pre-sell the virginities of you know 12 13 year old girls and they're just snatched away from their families and basically dragged into into prostitution and so prostitution is legal out there but you also see a lot of say no to the sex tourist signs that have a high heel pinching down on a flip-flop which I guess is the international footwear of choice for sex tourists. But um, you can tell that the, the townspeople aren't really about this. And uh, looking at the sex tourists that we saw, or at least the sample size in our building, which was disturbingly large, um, they were largely American. They they looked like a, a you know, dudes I would have gone to high school with or neighbors down the street. They don't look like they would be creepy, but I saw them being very creepy with very, very young girls. And, um, you know, at least in the U.S., if I see something like that, I know what to do about it. I I can call 911 or, you know, there there are things that I can do when people will care and take action. And there, at least in that case, I, I felt really impotent and there really wasn't anything that I could do.
0: No, it's good. Um, you know, a lot of uh, all this stuff really comes out of poverty. You know, right. it's, all, it's all economical. I mean, you'll see a lot of it when you go to Asia and and everything else, and and it's always a, a poorer country. I mean, it's when they say the oldest profession, yeah. But I mean, uh, there's very few. As women, you'll find that there's very few places around the world where uh, where it's just someone like you starting a business you know, or going to college is, you know, that's a, that's a rarity. For right. A woman. And just to be able to own her own business and to be able to travel alone, um, even with a friend without any men around, that's, uh, unheard of in a lot of cultures.
1: Oh, and, and we saw that a lot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we, yeah. There there were not too many, uh, women traveling together. And I mean, do we look like lesbians? Because out there we certainly don't want to look like lesbians, but if that's what we look like, there's really nothing we can do about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, women do have a lot of opportunity in the U.S., and I have a, a whole new appreciation yeah. and understanding of that on a level that, you know, I, it's not that I didn't know that that existed before, but I, I see uh, the juxtaposition between American women and women in other countries, and it makes me sad.
0: Yeah, well yeah, you never know your freedoms until you know, we take so much for granted, but uh yeah, until they're taken away, and you still have them for now
2: right for <laughs> now for now for now <laughs> um,
0: one of your purposes for starting this the site and the podcast that to make people get out more and to oh show absolutely that it's
2: easy? yeah absolutely and and so it's been a little interesting for us to have had Medellin as our second stop. And we made a decision early on that we were going to be really honest about all of this. And so, you know, the best that we can really do, I'm actually still glad. I think Carrie is still glad, too, that we went to Medellin. First, I mean, we did make a lot of good friends there. It is gorgeous. There's a million reasons to go, despite this kind of scarier side of things that we saw.
0: No, I heard you know... have been wanting to go for a while.
2: You really should. If you're not a woman, it's great.
0: Um, well, yeah, well, I'm a gigantic <laughs> sex tourist, so. Just, well, have I, I got
2: the place for you, sir? Probably
0: should have mentioned that up front. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, we'll, no, we'll
2: sidebar after this. Let <laughs> me <so we> know.
0: <laughs> but I heard like it's certainly Car- Cartagena is supposed to be really gorgeous, and how uh, did you make it down there?
1: We no, did- we stayed local. <laughs> we we stayed pretty local. And you know it's not necessarily easy to to live this lifestyle. Uh, Kelly and I started the podcast actually before we left, and so there are three episodes. Uh, that are number one is us deciding to do this in the first place and what does that look like and what do we need to plan for and where do we want to go and what's our budget going to be, those types of questions. And then the other two episodes are just you know, wall-to-wall panic attack of everything that you have to do in order to fully untether your life because getting a job where you can support yourself as a digital nomad is only part of it. Then you need to figure out what you're going to do with all of your stuff. And then are there any kind of personal relationships that you need to, you know, put on pause or is who's going to go with you and how long are you going to be doing this for? And, um, you know, it's it's a stressful thing. And uh, there are a lot of steps that you need to take and a lot of things that you need to consider. But I mean, once we came out, once we landed in Puerto Rico and. I finally drove us <laughs> to the Airbnb. Um, we, we were both really relieved. And this has been the best experience of my life. I seek out cool experiences. I always have. And this has been a really freeing experience um, to kind of live the minimalist lifestyle. Kelly and I uh, are traveling entirely out of an international carry-on and personal item each. So <laughs> my shoe collection is in storage. Um, and it's been great. We, we don't even wear half of the clothes that we brought, we found and, uh, living simply is, is pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. There's nothing like, it. I just sold, uh, my place, uh, in LA, the regular listeners know I've been born with this story, but I mean, one of the reasons I've been downsizing is travel over the years have taught me just how little you need, you know? You got a working Wi-Fi connection and a shower. You're pretty good. Right.
2: Yes, Yeah, absolutely. And this has been so positive for us. And I think that we still 100 percent. Listen, we're still out here. We don't need to be. Um, and we would encourage anyone else to be. In fact, and I would still have gone to Medellin. I, I think what we're hoping is just by being honest that we help people, especially women, just understand and have a more accurate Idea of what they're getting themselves into. You know, this isn't, and I don't think it's going to turn that many people off because I think that if you're really into this lifestyle, you're not doing this because you want to go sit on a beach somewhere and drink a pina colada. Now, granted, Carrie, and I love to do that, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily comfort that you're seeking out from this lifestyle. You're, uh, at least for me, it's about. Um, pushing myself. It's about learning and it's about growing and all of that. And one of the major ways that I've grown is realizing the extent to which, um, you know, I thought I understood what the world was about and I didn't. And I get out into a new place and I just put my blueprint of what I think everything is like on top of it. And I'm always wrong. And it has gotten, into, it's gotten us into dangerous situations. And so we just we share that information to just say like hey you know this is what you can expect out here it's different than what you think and here are the pitfalls but still it's one hundred percent worth it and one hundred percent worthwhile.
0: Well, aside from uh, Carrie bothering a narco godfather's girlfriend, what other (laughs) what other uh, dangerous situations have you got into?
1: I well, do you count the drone as dangerous? We had a we we had a drone that. um, (laughs) we had floor to ceiling windows and, um, we were on a corner penthouse. So we had, you know, 90 degrees of floor to ceiling windows and not all of them had blackout blinds. And at least once a week, uh, it was the same drone every time, but we'd hear this buzzing noise and there would be a drone. Look, I mean, not close enough that I could have touched it. And I really wouldn't have wanted to lean out of the window that far, but it was very much recording us, very interested in what we were doing and Mm -hmm. would come around, you know, every couple, every few days. And it took us a while to figure out where this drone was, uh, like, uh, who was operating this drone. And we figured it out by seeing the window that it flew into eventually because we started filming it. Didn't know what else to do. And then once we saw where it went, um, we told uh, one of the guys in our building who became a dear friend of ours, Santiago. And he went and talked to the building security. And building security was like, oh, yeah, that guy uh, works for the cartels and he can fly whatever drone he wants. So tell the ladies to shut their blinds or maybe go find another place to stay. And that was sketchy. At best. I had never experienced anything like that before. Um, I've been in lots of different cities and never had a drone problem. Um,
2: so that was interesting. I've never had a cartel hitman in the building problem either.
0: Yeah, right. that's uh, true. Hashtag
2: <laughs> disconcerting. Did
0: you decide after a while, maybe it was like, hey, let's put on a, a show, maybe a puppet show, maybe something, you know.
1: We had a dance party one go. time that it came yeah. around. <laughs> sure. We Rickrolled it. Uh,
0: that's funny. Put like cardboard cutouts of supermodels in there and just like, you know, uh, or put it stage like a fake drug deal between the two of you. You know, we didn't want to do that. Come on. Actually. This, is, this stuff right itself. Right. Stuff. So what was the, uh, is there like an end game? Did you say you want to do this for a year, two years, however long you can do it? I mean, what, what's the plan?
1: Well, it's sustainable. Um, that has been uh, a number one focus for us is making sure that this lifestyle is sustainable. Um, and so staying budget conscious is definitely part of that. Uh, we are definitely going to continue this project out through 2017. Um, we have a lot of things in Europe that we want to do. We really, really, really want to jump off of a yacht and into the ocean. Kelly has more specific ideas about what this is going to look like. So <laughs> at some point, we need to secure at least access onto a yacht, preferably without having to exchange sexual favors. Um,
0: Ooh, well, now that now well, you're gonna make if you want to make it hard on yourself, there you go.
1: I know Kelly <laughs> and I have tell. very charming personalities. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not above renting the yacht, depending on the price. How about a, um, would you
0: take a paddle boat? How about a paddle boat?
1: Absolutely yeah. not.
0: Oh, okay. Well then, yeah. Now it's gonna be a little <laughs> tougher. That's gonna be a little tougher. So did so, you So it no, could go ahead. for
1: another year though. Um, or it could go on for longer. I think that this is going to be part of my lifestyle for a very long time. Last year I worked from 10 different countries. Um, we we want to hit at least 12 this year. Um and I, for me, living the digital nomad lifestyle is just the best. I have a very challenging hair texture. And uh, so for me to ready to go to an office every day, I'm sure some of your female listeners can identify with this. It takes me just 45 minutes to wrestle my hair into submission and then I have to do my makeup and pick out an outfit and then you tack on the minimum half hour commute to the office and then. You know, sometimes you're judged entirely by uh, just the quality of your work, but more often than not, that's probably not the case. And so when you live as a digital nomad, number one, you get to totally remove the commute from your life, which saves a lot of money and is better for the environment. But number two, all of the, the unpaid labor that you're doing to get ready to go do a job that you're probably already ready to do, um, that goes out the door as well. So just the time that I save uh, in the getting ready in the commute and whatnot, um, I'll never go back to an office and I really like traveling around. I know Kelly feels the same way.
2: Yeah. I mean, I could see us just still doing this in five years. It's, uh, I see no real reason to stop would you so far. It? It's been very sustainable.
0: Would you, I mean, is the plan to do it together or would you eventually split up and go different places?
1: I'm sure eventually we'll split up. Kelly and I aren't married. Maybe I might want to get married at some point. Kelly might. <laughs> <you know. laughs> I uh, it's, there's, it's a, difficult there's to a single
0: a... I know of a single drone pilot down in uh who's <laughs> looking for some companionship. I'm nice. sure.
1: I'm sure. <laughs> he knew where I he knew where we lived. He could have came and knocked on our door if he was that interested. <laughs> we got no love notes slid under the door. Nobody called me.
0: Oh, what happened to old fashioned romance? Yeah, we didn't
1: he could have yeah. found a love note on that drone right on in uh-huh. through the window. He did not have screens. I, I don't know what code that building was up to, but it certainly wasn't up to American standards. Uh-huh. But yeah, he had options. He just didn't exercise them. Yeah, we, didn't,
2: we didn't even get the you up text. No. Oh, well, right.
0: <laughs> a drone duty call.
2: Right. I think
0: it would be great if you guys, he just shows up and all of a sudden, every day is like a different scene from a different movie. You guys are doing like one from Star Wars and the next day it's... You know, gone with the wind. So you know, just some cool shit. Well, where were you then?
2: (laughs) We could have used these ideas.
0: (laughs) This is it'd be fun stuff. Um, So, I mean, if you want to keep doing this, you said you got rid of all your stuff. Are your parents' like garages overflowing with your crap? No, (laughs) no. What'd um... you do with it all? You... It's
1: in a ten by ten climate-controlled storage facility, <laughs> and I have my car right now because we flew into Boston and um, picked up my car, and then we road tripped up to Montreal. So I'll have my car for the next um, month and a half or so. But then my my friend has been driving my car around, making sure it starts every so often.
0: Well, do you have like your next I don't know five or six destinations all mapped out?
1: Yes, we've got to go to Boston, and then we've got to go to. Well, we don't have to. <laughs> uh, we're probably going to go to Costa Rica, and in between uh, Boston, and then we've got San Diego, and then we have Las Vegas. We're going to drive from Los Angeles to Las Vegas, which is a bucket list item for us, and a sweet car. Yeah. And then four and a um, half hours.
0: Four and a half hours.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to go to Iceland.
0: Oh yeah, I've been wanting to go there. I still haven't.
1: They make it really easy for you. Um, <laughs> you can lay over for up to seven days, and they'll like hook you up with a concierge to tell you the cool things to do in Iceland and make sure you have a good time. And then you can post on Instagram and tell your friends how Who's great they? Iceland is. is
0: this <laughs> I, I'm of assuming Iceland Air.
1: Yeah, the Department of Tourism. Oh okay. Uh, they're they're really working hard to get those tourism dollars and a lot of flights over to Europe have a lay over there anyway. So why not stay for a couple of days, check out the Aurora Borealis and sit in a hot spring?
0: Especially if you're from uh, Boston, you can get cheap, cheap flights. I mean, to Iceland, like easy,
1: very cheap, from very LA, cheap. It's,
0: really, it's a little tougher, but from, from Boston, oh my gosh, it's like, he's straight shot.
1: Yeah, but you guys have cheap flights to Hawaii.
0: Well, yeah, that's, that's our only advantage. <laughs> That's it. Pacific Rim and Hawaii, we got that. Other than that, yeah. You got, uh, I mean, you're so close to Europe and, you know, it cuts it half the, half the time. I'm half jealous the time of you.
1: Yeah, you can, depending on the time, you can get round-trip flights from Boston to Portugal for like 400 bucks.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's so easy. and as, even Yes. Because um, I work in the Caribbean a lot. And there's so many direct flights to like St. Martin and stuff from Boston and New York. And it's like, I got to fly six hours to Miami and then I got to wait and then I got to get on another thing. It's like, oh, you guys can just zip on on, right on down.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Although it still took forever in three days to get from uh, from Puerto Rico to Medellin. That was a very long flight. (laughs) Some weird layovers.
0: So uh, would you do Asia eventually or is it just too far right now?
1: I would love to, but uh, as long as I have employees and clients based in the U.S., um, I I just can't do it. I don't want to take conference calls at 3 o'clock in the morning. It doesn't (laughs) sound like fun to me.
0: So when you say you're uh, working at the Gay Pride Parades, I mean, who is this for? Who are the clients for that? Are they personal? AstroGlide.
1: Really? Yeah, yeah. Kelly is the social media manager for AstroGlide, and she also manages their PR and online content.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah, if you Google Mail G-spot, Kelly will educate you on everything you need to know.
0: All of a sudden, Colombian sex tourism is starting to make more sense. Right? <laughs> it wasn't an accident that you guys ended up there.
2: Nope. We find the weird in life, <laughs> <Yeah. for sure. laughs>
0: Do you get to ride the float, the astro guide float?
2: Of course. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and
1: We're hand out so- lube so- to strangers. You have not lived until you've hand- handed out just a ton of lube to strangers.
0: <laughs> oh, I've lived. I lived in West Hollywood for years believe me (laughs) it's so funny what do your what is your like family think of all this do they they miss you do they think you're nuts what's happening are they jealous
2: I think a little of, of all the above my family's been really supportive Um, my mom makes sure to let me know that it has been a very long time since she has seen me and that I do not call her enough. Of course. Um, (laughs) but I think that's pretty typical mom shit right there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's pretty good. I think in general, people have been really supportive. I think that they, at first, were really concerned about whether or not this is, uh, sustainable it's because it's definitely not i don't know anyone who lives this way and my my family certainly doesn't know people who live this way so i think they didn't really know what to think but i mean so far we haven't died and (laughs) we're pretty you know we're pretty healthy we're happy and uh we're more productive i think than we've ever been and so i think it's all just good news so i think they're coming around to the idea
0: are they pretty good with uh skype and and FaceTime and all that stuff? Because my mom never figured it out.
2: Well, I have little siblings. I'm the oldest of six. Oh. So I have siblings who can help out the parents at home with the whole Skype situation because <laughs> I don't think they could make that happen on their own.
0: Right. So, I mean, if you, if you had to describe, like, on your goals, where do you see this in uh, four or five years? Not just the podcast, but your business. Ooh, that's
1: a good question. I love what I do, and uh, I've gotten pretty good at it over the years. And so I would like to continue to grow my business. I love this lifestyle. I think that it's particularly beneficial for women. Um, There are several moms on my staff who are able to work from home and help take care of their young kids too. So I think that the lifestyle in particular is – It's just great all around. If you can work from home, um, I would recommend trying it out. And it's easier than you would think. And so Kelly and I are really kind of dedicated to helping people through this process. We've written guides on how uh, we untethered our lives, which kind of walks through the step-by-step process that I use to um, source enough freelance writing work to quit my job in advertising and go off on my own. And eventually that turned into the agency. Um, I think Kelly and I, or I guess our big dream goal would be to write a book about this at some point, because we've, it's been a very transformative experience for me to realize that I don't need as much of the stuff that I thought that I did. And that at some point my position, my possessions were starting to own me instead of the other way around and, um, kind of pumping the brakes on that entirely, uh, has been really good for me, um, We've experienced more things in the last three months than I probably have in the last uh, year. Um, We're losing weight, which is weird because we're (laughs) on perpetual vacation. But that's been happening, and it's yeah. I've lost
2: I've lost fifty pounds in four months without dieting and without a scale. Yeah,
0: fifty. Yeah, five zero. Oh my gosh! In Mm -hmm. Puerto Rico, and because Puerto Rico and Colombia, that's a lot of uh, rice and beans. It is, but
2: it's also just a lot of walking. Yeah. And there was a lot of, um, for me, it just it was a really transformational thing just to be having so much fun in my life. I think I was kind of bored and stagnating before. Mm-hmm. And just the happier I get, the healthier I get. And it ends up being a really natural process. And I'm very happy to just keep that ball rolling.
0: And also, cocaine, fantastic to curb the diet. It
2: is. It really is. <laughs> you know, it keeps you speedy yep. and it keeps you, yeah, it keeps you active. not hungry. Sure. Yeah.
0: so um yeah that's that's pretty god 50 pounds! congratulations that's pretty amazing thank you thank you and also people think it's like because that would happen to me in italy or something because i'm eating all this pasta and all this butter and cream and everything else and losing weight and people can't figure it out and also you realize just how much crap americans put in their you know preservatives and their you know hormones and their meat and all this other kind of stuff that you, if you yes. don't have it all the time, that's that's a big deal. We've
1: been eating much cleaner, and it's just easier to do in foreign countries. Unfortunately.
0: Yeah, and that being said, what are the foods you miss most when you're gone in America?
1: Flavored seltzer water. <laughs> I didn't need. I didn't need to think about that. Flavored that is seltzer just the water.
2: Most white girl answer. I know heard
0: of, of, of all the things. <laughs> it's not
1: and, a, and half and half. Like half and half for my coffee is really difficult to find some places.
2: (laughs) I miss ketchup because you can find it everywhere else. But American ketchup is a very distinct thing. Yes. And in other places, it's often very sweet, which I do not appreciate. Um, Not that there isn't just a ton of corn syrup and everything in American ketchup, but there's that real acidity in there. I just feel like they don't do ketchup right in other countries. And (laughs) I come back and I'm just like, I want ketchup immediately. It's the weirdest thing to crave.
1: Oh, Hidden Valley ranch dressing.
0: (laughs) Now that is the whitest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) I'm sure we can think of something whiter.
2: Give us just one second.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because I grew up in Illinois, and whenever I hear ranch dressing, I was like, wow, where are you from? Because I grew up with all, you know, everything had ranch dressing on it.
1: Northern yeah. California, but it's got to be Hidden Valley. Don't, don't bring any of that <laughs> craft crap to my table.
0: Oh, wow. A I won't have it. A connoisseur. <laughs> so in a nutshell, give people the advice of uh, who are thinking about cutting the cord with work and everything else and working from home or working from anywhere in the world, what's the best piece of advice you can give them?
2: I would say just do it. Because the hardest, the biggest hurdle in all of this, it's so funny to go back and listen to the original first couple episodes of the podcast, because Carrie and I were really having just full-blown mental breakdowns over this. It felt like such a big thing to do. Um, It was really scary to put all of our stuff in storage and to say goodbye without really knowing when we were coming back. Um, And then the second that we did it, we loved it. Which is not to say that this lifestyle is absolutely for everyone. I think that for most people, if you feel like this is a lifestyle that you're attracted to, probably it will work for you because I think for a lot of people it is. But for some people it isn't. Some people find they can't work this way. Some people find that it's just too lonely or it's too challenging or, you know, for, there's a million ways that it could go wrong. But really the only way that you're ever going to know is just to try it. And there, you can think of a million reasons not to. And you can put it off sort of inevitably. And the only way to know is to suck it up, put your shit in storage, and get out here. <laughs> and so I would say if you want to, just do it.
1: I would add that uh, before you just do it, you want to make sure that you have a job that you can take with you. And that job should not be brand new. You should have worked at this job that enables you to be a digital nomad from home or home-ish for a, a significant period of time so that you can establish that number one, this job is going to exist in another three, six months. Uh, Because I think that the worst thing that could happen or one of the worst things that could happen, and you hear horror stories about this all the time, are that people saved up some money and then they went to, you know, wherever and they thought that they were going to be able to make their drop shipping business work, but they hadn't really taken off the ground yet before they left. And then sure enough, it still doesn't take off the ground when they're in Bulgaria or wherever and and so making sure that you have a sustainable job that's going to support you as you travel around is really important
0: well there's something I also wanted to ask about um, taxes and stuff so every country is different is the fact that I mean do you need a special work visa and if so do you have to pay taxes in, in the countries you're living in how does that work
1: no no we just go around on tourist visas and um uh, the content factory is based in, uh, New Hampshire hmm. and, um, my employees, you know, I pay payroll taxes based on wherever they live. Um, some States are higher than others, but that's all handled through my payroll company.
0: What about, uh, hardware? Uh, so if people thinking of going, I mean, or what kind of phone plan are you using in terms of data and equipment and things? It
1: okay. depends on where we are. So when we were in Puerto Rico, that was still in the U.S., and um, our Verizon cell phone plans worked like they normally do. In Canada, that's also the case. We were surprised to find that out. In Medellin, we um, upgraded our cell phone plans to include an international component, which gave us, I believe, 250 minutes of talk time and 250 text messages. I believe that was around $70. Per line. Um, some people get burner ish phones and then switch out their SIM cards. That's an option too. I think we're probably going to do that once we get out to Europe. Um, but I'm working on a MacBook Air. And I don't, Kelly, I don't know what our podcast equipment is.
2: Yeah, we just we have a really kind of like the most simple podcast rig that you can have that also apparently just looks a lot like a bomb every time we go through an airport. That backpack gets flagged just every time. Yeah, I
0: just, got that. <laughs> I just had that going through Canada. They just pulled me over twice. They wouldn't let my bag through. Just like, what is this? It's a microphone. Look weird right. on the x-ray. It's a microphone.
2: Just my bag full of wires. Yeah. Just coming out of Columbia. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: Yeah, how was how was it coming out of Colombia in terms of um, security?
2: We actually got flagged again outside of security, actually at the gate. At the gate, they sent somebody over to ask us all kinds of questions um, about who had been in possession of our bags and if anybody had helped us pack our bags. And I think that there's a lot of concern about tourists, I think probably especially some white girls like us, mm-hmm. um, unwittingly becoming drug mules. Right. Uh oh. <laughs> or maybe they were just being polite by acting like we wouldn't have known that the drugs were there. Yeah, I saw a breakdown but,
0: palace. I
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't trying to do any international drug smuggling. That is not on my
0: bucket list. Yeah, that's scary. <laughs> no. So have either of just... you been to uh Costa Rica before? No. Oh, you'll love it. You'll love it.
1: I've heard that. I really want to hold a monkey. <laughs> I'm gonna hold a monkey. No, that's literally There's a, holding slot a monkey sanctuary right? out there too.
0: That's not a euphemism for anything. That's just literally holding a monkey.
1: <laughs> no, it's literally holding a monkey. Okay. I just okay. can't wait to do it. I've always wanted to. <laughs> Never had the opportunity.
0: Careful, they'll pee on you if you're not careful. <laughs>
1: I'll take it. I just <laughs> just to look at it in its little monkey eyes. Ah, little pee. That's fine. Fair fair trade.
0: Yeah. Oh, they're everywhere, <laughs> and they'll steal stuff off your uh, balcony and stuff. So be careful.
1: I would love to have a monkey theft story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so, and you're leaving for then when for Costa Rica? The 11th. Do you know what city, or are you going to go to a few different ones?
1: I think we're going to bop around a little bit this time.
0: My advice is stay away. You don't need to go to the capital.
1: So, okay, we yeah. won't do that then. I'll take your advice. It's
0: kind of it's kind of cruddy, and no, the where you where you want to be is either up in the mountains or uh, at the beaches, and it's beautiful. I mean, there's you know there's, there's rainforest, there's all that stuff, but the city is ugh. Not that
1: great. I've heard really amazing things about Costa Rica, and we're, we're looking forward to checking it all out, yeah. minus the capital.
0: <laughs> yeah. I I'm, I'm guarantee you most of those amazing things have nothing to do with the capital. Noted. <laughs> yeah. And if you're going to rent a car, get a 4 by 4 because the roads are crap. And We're
1: going to try really hard not to do that, because I'm a terrible driver.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So we'll just see what the Uber situation is like
0: down there. Wow. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This, this should be good. I'm going to have to listen to find out what happens.
2: <laughs> It'll be great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, one more time. Tell people the uh, the websites and where they can find the show and everything else.
1: You can find our website at workationing.com. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash workationing. You can download the Workationing podcast on iTunes. We're also on SoundCloud and Google Play.
0: My God, How about uh, Instagram or Twitter?
1: Ooh, Instagram. Twitter. Uh, Instagram.com slash Workationing and Twitter.com slash Workationing. We just snagged up all of those Workationing usernames.
0: Good job. That's why you're a professional. You know
1: your
0: business. <laughs> well, thanks. Guys. This has been a lot of fun.
1: Thank you. We've enjoyed being here.
0: Oh, great. Well, have a safe trip wherever you're at. Enjoy the, uh, the parades and everything. We'll
1: do. Glide. We'll send you some photos.
0: Oh, yeah. And uh, you lubricate yourselves at whatever happens at these. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And have a great trip to uh, Costa Rica and everything else. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Carrie and Kelly, everybody.